Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by thelines.com. I'm Nate White, so your host today with Josh Lander out on business, but we are trying out a little bit of a new format here as we wind down the end of the regular season and look towards the playoffs. We're going to be looking at a slate-wide episode here. We got eight games on the slate on Wednesday, obviously lots of moving parts. Most teams on a back-to-back here. For most, it's their last of the season, and there's still a lot of jockeying for playoff position. We are going to be bringing you other episodes today, including a late Clippers-Lakers game uh, breakdown once we know who might be playing for the Lakers in that big one. Also got to have the player props episode up for you. And going forward, it's going to be yeah, kind of a slate-wide look and then the player props, which is a fan favorite and one of our favorite to bring you. Please like and subscribe to the page so you don't miss any of these episodes and we will be going in full force in the play-in and playoffs beyond. So looking at this slate here, I mean, the first game that is interesting is definitely the Bucks and Bulls, but I'm actually going to skip over that for my most confident bet, which is Hawks team total, 122.5 points. They are hosting the Wizards. The Wizards officially eliminated from playoff contention on Monday. <clears throat> and what they trotted out in their next game here against the Bucks was a starting lineup of Anthony Gill, Jordan Goodwin, Johnny Davis, Corey Kispert, and Daniel Gafford, and then a couple of people we had never heard of off the bench, and and Kendrick Nunn. Um, And they played at a 108.6 pace against Milwaukee, which is just like death by fast break and a terrible idea. But it was kind of trending up that way. Uh, Over their last four, a 103 pace, they were actually able to beat Boston in a a fast-paced game. And then, yeah, like I said, eliminated as they played you know, still fast-paced against the Knicks and Magic, two of the slower teams out there. And that's why I'm kind of looking at, I mean, even in these last seven road games, they've played maybe five of the slowest-paced teams in the East, the Knicks, Magic, Raptors, Cavs, and Sixers. And they have a 123 defensive rating in these last seven roadies. So haven't been giving up a ton of points because they are the second-slowest pace, again, since the All-Star break, on the break, they are a very slow team. But that was when they had competitive lineups up there. They, you know, they had Kristaps Porzingis. They actually beat the Hawks in Atlanta with, with Beal and Kuzma and no Porzingis uh, in a game that totaled 235. So Hawks got 116 in that one. I think they can certainly score a lot more than that in this rematch. Um, I mean, we'll see if the Wiz, I don't think they have any reason to play any of their veterans. They even sat Denny Avdija against the Bucks, So, I mean, not that he's going to be a defensive stopper. I guess the, the the one thing for pause here is, will the Hawks be without Trey Young again? He sat out last night with an illness. They still scored 123 against the Bulls team that's been top five defensively for the last, uh, you know, month, basically. Uh, they actually played better team ball without Trey. It's a lot less my turn, your turn with DeJounte Murray and the Wizards, for what it's worth, are, are dead last in opponents' assist to turnover ratio. Also giving up the fourth highest field goal percentage on the road since the break. And, and that's where the Hawks do most of their damage is in the, in the floater game, in the paint. Not a great three-point shooting team. Not a great you know team getting to the line. And that's what the Wiz limit. So, <clears throat> look, you're going to be able to do whatever you want, basically, against the team that's that's completely tanking at this point. I mean, just like rebuilding, like packing it in for the for the lottery here once they're eliminated. And the Hawks play fast and they score under Quinn Snyder. I mean, they were doing that before, but, you know, their last six home wins, 127.7 points per game. They're playing at the second fastest pace at home. 
uh, since Snyder took over. And they're going to win this game. I mean, I think everyone expects is minus 11 at home, even if even though it's on a back-to-back. Even without Trey Young, I think they can score this much. So switching back to that Bucks bulls game, and it's kind of a, a wait-and-see mode because Milwaukee's on back-to-back. This is their eighth game in 11 nights, and they, they have to win only one more game or get one more Boston loss to clinch the number one seed. But I think this is their spot to get the win. They're they're hosting Memphis in two nights and then at Toronto. And those are obviously a, a little bit tougher physical games, I think, than the Bulls, the Bulls team that they're very familiar with and might have a little bit of revenge lined up if considering they lost two early season ones against these Bulls. So I think more for the Bucks is it's kind of a situation where they they just lost in the spot at home, back to back, very short rest. They didn't just lose, they were pummeled by the Celtics and Need to respond to that. <clears throat> like I mentioned, the Wizards G League team is who, all they had to face yesterday. So it's not like that took a lot of heavy lifting. They also lost their previous back-to-back at Denver, but proved they can win on short rest. They had won their previous two. Obviously, they were on a tear since late January. Um, but I, I mean, it's minus seven right now for Milwaukee, and that's a little bit much. Honestly, I, I think there is a an option here to take the Bulls to cover along with DeRozan scoring 25 points is plus 245. But let me just get my, my pick straight up here. Uh, so there's no, no mince words. It's this. I like bucks minus three minus two and a half on the tees with the over at 226. I, I think this certainly could go over 230. Bulls have actually gone over in six of their last seven. And, um, They've, they've totaled 227 in those games, which isn't you know overly impressive. But now you're facing the Bucs. The Bucs at home, a, a team scores like 124 at home over the last couple months. And I think they some smoke and mirrors in terms of how they've been able to limit the Bucs uh, recently in those early meetings. I mean, Giannis put up 45, 22, and 7 in overtime. And the Bulls somehow won that game because the Bucks shot nine for 44 from deep. But the Bucks dominated. I mean, they had 18 more field goal attempts. They had 22 offensive rebounds. So they're just bullying them down there. Uh, Bucks in general shooting just 30% from three. In their last three meetings with Chicago, two of which on the road, they shoot much better from three at home. And yeah, the pace, the scoring, everything goes way up at home. I do think the Bulls, who are also on a back-to-back, by the way, are are going to be able to match points to a degree. I mean, the way Zach Levine's been hot lately and the success DeRozan's had. Uh, 30 points per game on a 129 offensive rating um, on, you know, 41 and a half minutes per game in his last three against Milwaukee, just keeping them in it. So that's where I get the logic to say, look, if... If DeRozan's going to score 25-plus, if he's going to keep cooking in this matchup, I do think the Bulls can cover seven. And I think there is a good parlay there to say, like, they're going to need that uh, because that that also indicates, you know, the, the scenario that we're going to get a bit of a slower game. We're not going to get a total up-and-down fest where the Bucks can really thrive and where Giannis can continue to dominate as he did, you know, a lot last season and in the playoffs against this, this Bulls team that he just bullied. But... The other scenario, which I think is a little bit more likely, is the Bucks just take care of business here. They they win at home, cover us uh, maybe three, maybe by seven. I'm not sure, but I think they will push this game over by scoring 120 on their own, and the Bulls will match to a degree. They're still jockeying for playing position. 
So plenty to play for. And I do think they come out bouncing back uh, from just scoring 105 against Atlanta, which is is troubling. But I, I don't think it's an indication that they can't score with that big three out there. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Without further ado, I'm going to get into four picks here. And the first one, if you know how Josh calls me the revenge narrative guy, not surprised that I'm taking Russell Westbrook against the Lakers, against a team that he never really fit with and, you know, kind of was the cause of the the downturn in his career. And now he's with the Clippers across the hall, and it's a massive rested advantage for the Clippers tonight in this huge game. We'll look at it. Lakers on a back-to-back after playing overtime in Utah. You know, add a little bit of elevation, a long road trip. They they handled business, but now they have to come right home. And it's an old team trying to play a Clippers team that's been offered three days and is offered two more days before closing their season, uh, you know, with a back-to-back or cupcake against Portland. This is all to say, like, look, energy, Anthony Davis might be out, which is going to hurt that defense for sure. Energy is going to be low for the Lakers. Um you know, we might have D'Angelo Russell in there, which is going to hurt their their defense at the point guard position, and might you know he'll he'll be probably carrying a bigger offensive load if we have other guys out. But the point is, like like Westbrook, since the Paul George injury has stepped up big time, uh, nineteen points per game, nearly nine assists per game on a twenty six percent usage rate. Um, and in the last four, the Clippers have really kind of changed up their offensive approach, which is much more of that sprawl ball. You know, drive and kick mentality that's that's really boosted his assists. 19 points, 10 and a half assists, 33 minutes per game. The rebounding has not really been there at all for him. Uh, Four rebounds per game in those four. But I'm still taking PRA here. 31 and a half points, rebounds, assists is minus 104 at FanDuel. It's much better odds than just him getting 18 points. But I think the effort, you know, rebounds are all often about effort. 
uh, the fact that the Lakers might either be missing shots with tired legs or that they're just not going to have all their guys. They're not going to be as good of a rebounding team. We're going to see a smaller Lakers team, more Dennis Schroeder, uh, more Austin Reeves at the three, et cetera, maybe less Anthony Davis. So I do think he can board up enough to help get there. Uh, but the 10 assists that you're probably going to see here because the Clippers are just going to spread it out and shoot a lot of threes and, and Westbrook's going to be the one distributing. And he's probably going to be able to score in the paint. Look, his last four, even since since the Lakers had AD Westbrook, four games with two with the Wiz, two with the Rockets. He's averaged 21 points per game, 10 rebounds, eight assists. So it's not like he can't um, you know, contend with AD down low and, and score on a Lakers defense that's been really good. But they've also been going over playing faster paced and, and it's just a rest thing here. They do allow the fifth most points to point guards over the last 30 games and second most on the season. So that is the logic for Westbrook. Another point guard who I expect to have a nice game here, Kyrie Irving, 25 and a half points uh, with the, the Kings on a back-to-back here in Dallas and Dallas backs against the wall. And we, we worried about Kyrie, you know, not even able to step up the last few games uh, with Luca out because he had a foot issue, but you've seen him kind of turn it up in the last three with, with the Mavericks, like, like you said, like clawing to get a play in spot and avoid the ad embarrassment. He's played 42 minutes per game in his last three, he got 23 and 23 in some tough matchups. Then he got 41 against the Hawks, a, a very poor defensive team. And Sacramento is a very poor defensive team. They allow opponents to shoot 64% on twos. I'm sorry. Kyrie is shooting 64% on twos. Sacramento is eighth worst defending the two point line and, you know, inside the arc and, and also gives up the fourth most paint points. So that is why I like Kyrie to be able to, you know, knife right through this defense. We still have De'Aaron Fox props, which I, I would actually rather he play than think Kyrie be guarded by Davion Mitchell, but it's a back to back and Sacramento on back to backs giving up 125 points per game and allowing opponents to shoot 63% true shooting. This year, Kyrie played them twice as a member of the Mavs, averaged a clean 26.5 points, 8.5 assists. Luka actually played in one of those two games, and the usage rate didn't shift too much. He, Kyrie still played 39 or so minutes, so 25.5 points is is near even money. You get a lot better juice on the six assists, which I think is definitely in play here. Sacramento's given up the most assists per game, 29 since the All-Star break, along with 123 points, along with 14 threes, along with 25 free throw attempts. Just really struggling to guard. Aside from their nice defensive performance against the Pels last night, uh, we'll give them credit for that. But I mean, I think that was kind of like a prove-it-to-themselves situation where they're like, we can play defense, we can win in a playoff atmosphere. But I think tonight's game with a 242 total, I would not take the under by any means um, with with Sack on a back-to-back here. And if it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Kyrie, 26 points, is easy money. Here's your under. It's Brandon Ingram and those Pelicans on a back-to-back, and they're <clears throat> going to be against the Grizz, who are roaring right now, and an excellent rebounding team. So I'm going under 34.5 points in rebounds for Ingram, tacking on six rebounds. You can also go under 28.5 points, which is really high, but it's minus 120. If you go with the rebounds too, it's minus one of six. I, I think I project him for, to score about 25 here. So if you're not worried about double-digit rebounds against the Memphis team that allows the seventh fewest rebounds to, to his position over the last 30, then I think you go with that. It, it's a back-to-back, and he's only played once on back-to-back since 
returning from that that nagging injury early in the season. He had 26 points, eight rebounds in, in on nine for 22 shooting on a 35% usage rate in 38 minutes in that you know big game against the Warriors. So it's not like he's not getting the opportunities by any means. I mean, he is the man right now for the Pels, 32.5% usage in his last 11, averaging 28.8 and six boards. So that is where you get these props. It's right at his averages. But you know what does he do against Memphis? They shut him down recently, 16 points per game, three and a half rebounds on a 100 offensive rating. In his last four meetings, granted, one was a blowout and he got injured, I think, in that second one. But the first meeting, 19 points in 38 minutes, and that's without Zion Williams. So, so that's the, the exact same starting lineup that the, the Pels are rolling out now, where it's B.I.'s show to run. Uh, but Memphis is not a, really a team you can just get to the areas that he wants to score. The mid-range in the paint, they they don't give that up. I mean, they, they can give up threes, and Ingram is not a very dangerous long-range shooter, so... I think these props are just a little high for him. I'm going to close it out with Quentin Grimes in honor of Josh, his boy with the Knicks. Uh, I mean, I'm eyebrow raised to see Jalen Brunson at 28 and a half points tonight against the Pacers in a game that doesn't matter for the Knicks, I think, at all. Uh, I mean, it, granted that it's minus 120, again, for Brunson to go under. And I think he'll play a lot, but I don't think he'll be knifing uh, up carving up this defense the way he did against Miami um, when he had a career high. Next game out against the Wiz, he had 27 points. And this is important because Quentin, that, that means more, you know, allowing other guys to step up. Like, like the Knicks down the stretch here are really integrating Grimes more and more um, because out of necessity, because Julius Randle's been out, but also because he's become a really good two-way player for them. And and so he played 41 minutes against that poor Wizards team and scored 27 with two rebounds, five assists on 20% usage. So now we're looking at his last six, 21 points per game, five rebounds, four assists. His uh, prop right now, 14 and a half points at DK, minus 110, also minus 110 for 20 PRA. I think we go over on both of those. I think he probably scores close to 20 points here. Uh, because I think he's going to play nearly the entire game and, and he's going to get more usage because just like the Wizards, the Pacers are not trying. I mean, they're, they're well, they're just only trotting out young guys. Like it's a, it's a starting lineup of essentially rookies and they've really been bad defensively because of that. And they, they have a 129 defensive rating, allowing 131 points in their last five. And on the season, look, they allow the third most points to shooting guards. So it's a good spot for Grimes. It's a good spot for Brunson to just find him on the wing, let him fire. And look, he's been hitting this prop consistently. He had 14 points against Cleveland. uh, But, you know, that's the number one defense against shooting guards. So to to worry about him getting slightly below 14 and a half in a much better matchup for that for his position, uh, I don't think you should be too concerned about that. So those are our four picks here tonight. Like I said, Check out later tonight around um, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We will have that Lakers Clippers episode up for you with Josh hosting and continue on through the play in and playoffs. So, like and subscribe to that page, follow along, and until we see you next, happy betting.